Hi, and welcome to the Ready to Talk podcast. I am your host, Trixie, aka The Thoughtful Beast. Our episode today features a very multi-talented woman named Epicy. She is here to discuss trying times as an artist, which honestly we're still in. Though this episode is about artists, I think that what Epicy has to say relates to many people who are just trying to move forward in this pandemic, aka everyone. So let's listen. Hello, I am Epicy Latembe. I am a filmmaker in San Diego, California, and I have lived here for a few years. I moved here from the East Coast. Uh, That's where I grew up in Atlanta, but I'm originally from Cameroon. So I have a very specific experience, both as an African and as an American, um, but overall as a Black person living in the United States. So um, whether it's as an artist or as a professional uh, corporate worker, um, you know, there are lots of different perspectives that kind of feed my view of the world. So I'm really excited to share that with you today. I missed the button to help me come back. <laughs> I was like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for being here. I am super excited. To I'm excited you. to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited to um, just like hear your point of view. And I know you have the Mayflower series going mm-hmm. on too. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I got, you know, moving, living in Atlanta, um, I was constantly surrounded by amazing creators, writers, actors, producers, um, just filmmakers in general. And when I moved to California, I didn't really know anybody. And I started to just kind of build on my own just so that I could have an idea of the different roles that it would take um, as far as filmmaking is concerned, because that's uh, clearly my passion. And um, slowly over time, I got to meet other filmmakers, other artists, whether it's actors, um, editors, DPs, uh, directors here in San Diego. Um, and then we just, you know, had a, a similar vision of inclusion and just seeing people, uh, pursue excellence in filmmaking. So, um, the Mayflower series is kind of, uh, a coming together of all of that, where I'm trying to tell the story of, um, a woman who goes from working at a restaurant as a hostess, uh, and her into the corporate world to pursue her personal American dream and all the hijinks, I suppose, that kind of comes with that and the relationships that get complicated when you change your environment um, and they sun- your friends suddenly feel like they don't fit anymore or uh, don't are not entirely sure where they stand with you in your life and all of those um, different things. So um, I'm very excited. Uh, it's uh, local artists, uh, local stories, and... Um, you know, so far so good. We've done a pretty good job of um, making the kind of show that we'd like to see. So I hope you guys check it out when we post. Yeah. And I got to commend you. Like, you know, a lot of people get like scared, especially when they're moving to a new place and they don't really like want to start their own things. Yeah. I feel like that's so wonderful that you did that. Um, Yeah. And you started your own thing and you started looking for a community that you actually vibe with because I I feel like there are a lot of artists out there um filmmakers and other artists who keep waiting um keep waiting for things to happen or like you know yeah kind of just that just kind of keep waiting for like the perfect something to happen to have like the perfect story to have like the perfect mentors or to have money um and it's hard because it's like part of me understands and the other part of me is like but you never know if the money's like ever gonna come like (laughs) opportunity may never come and you know you may never be satisfied with what you make yes so agreed um from my perspective you know um I definitely did not have enough money just to embark on this project um but money is not your only resource, right? So um, I looked around at the different resources that were available to me and I thought to myself, I'm just going to make do with whatever I have and I'll start from there. Um, So, you know, I think the most important lesson that I learned was to just start where I am uh, and then just move forward. And as it turns out, as I kept building, people just kept coming and, um, you know, it's not been an easy road, but it's definitely been worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that sentiment. Just like start with what you have, yeah. whatever that is. Like <laughs> if that's your phone and your friends, like great. And that's what you're going to use. Yeah. And that's way more than nothing. Like it's so yeah. crazy. Like the fact that we all have smartphones mm-hmm. with like amazing cameras just kind of like changed a lot. Like it, yeah. it changed a lot. Like there's so much more access now especially like with YouTube and different just like platforms to go on. There's so much more access. So that's really cool. Um, And so how has that, how's your integrity and your like ingenuity translated to this trying time of when like everything is like stopped now? Yeah. Well, the first thing um, was to just kind of let myself feel what was happening and allow myself to deal because I think it's really important to deal with, your emotions and, um, and to allow yourself to just kind of process what's going on. Um, because, you know, I am an artist and I can sometimes be very emotional and I can sometimes make emotional decisions and sometimes that, but I'm so much. So um, I'm just trying to learn to cut off a little bit. Can you, you said, um, can you go from, I make, I'm an artist and sometimes I make emotional decisions, but Yes, sometimes I make emotional decisions, but I have learned that um, taking a breath, kind of processing what's happening uh, and just thinking things through before acting is uh, before you act um, is probably the better way to go just so that you can preserve yourself. Um, So I just kind of allowed myself to just feel what was happening and process it. Uh, And then, you know, I went back to square one with, I'm just going to start with what I have looked around. Okay. What do I have? What can I do with where I am right now? Um, and I just pursued that and everything that I could do to prepare for what's coming. I just started working on those things that did not me and that did not require, um, me leaving my apartment, but I could still have zoom calls and I could still talk to people. I could still plan. I could still, um, and planning, I, you know, you can only do so much planning when you're kind of unsure where the, you know, what the future holds as far as when are we going to be able to, you know, see people and spend time, be, even be in the same room as people again. So I think uh, um, it is definitely, it was definitely a challenge, but there was a workaround and that workaround was going back to square one and thinking, what do I have and what can I do with what I have? Yeah. And that's, again, you've always had that. So it's easier. Like that that mindset is such a big thing in that way right yeah yeah Um, because like yeah this sucks for all of us (laughs) um definitely but it's just like yeah what is your mindset going to be what are you really going to focus on because this is this is this is what it is like we can't just like make it go away like and it's going to take as long as it's going to take to get better like we we have no over that and I think, you know, a lot of people had big plans with what they wanted to do uh, this year and um, how they wanted to display their art or um, or any of those things. So, you know, um, my hat's off to anybody who just either spent this entire time up until now just trying to deal with everything and process and just, you know, hold on to just staying calm um, or for any, I mean, there was, there's no one right way, right? You have, everybody has to find what works for them. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. And yeah, and, and in general, like, even without this being an artist is hard. Yes. yes. <laughs> it is. Yes. And to be fair, um, I, I hope, I think I, I think it became more clear, but I really do hope that people saw that art is an essential service as well, because that's how a lot of people were coping. You know, if artists hadn't made shows before you know pre-pandemic and edited them and put them all together um saying the same thing twice but um we wouldn't have had the entertainment that kind of held us through the challenging time so you know i really hope that people have a better um appreciate or not better a stronger appreciation for um how artists can contribute to everybody else's well-being Yes, that is so true. If I did not have Netflix right now, I, <laughs> like it would not. Life would not be going well. Yeah. Like it just wouldn't because, like, like not only it, 
Sorry, someone just appeared outside my window. <laughs> I got freaked out. It's my boyfriend. It's totally oh, okay. Crazy. I was like, uh, uh, how do they? Yeah, I'll just start screaming my address if I ever get scared. <laughs> I'll just be like this one. Um, like, 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 just like you can not even just like be entertained, right? Have that little bit of escapism because we all need that sometimes. But also like, and like there's documentaries. <laughs> like yeah. we can like still continue to learn. Like, and that's great too. Like through this other medium, yeah. we can to continue to learn even like through series that have like different messages. Like right now I'm rewatching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite series about mental illness. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't, I'm going to have to check it out. I'm not familiar. It is very like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is like a spot on name for how they tackle it. And it's so, it, I just feel like it's, it's one, it's a musical. <laughs> like, oh, it's a okay. Musical show. Um, but it's really like it's really like earnest and very relatable it's really cringy though too mm. but, like it's just because it's because of how it is and what it's trying to show yeah um but when they developed it they they knew that it was going to be just four seasons like okay like no we're not going to just keep going yeah they have something to say and because of that it's like it's amazing, you know, like the kind of art you can do when you have it in conception from beginning to end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, and mm -hmm. You know where things are supposed to go. And then like mm -hmm. walking back, like having to be like, oh, that thing that they said in the beginning, that was yeah. them being weird. Like, yeah, they were being like silly and weird, but like that became its own plot point. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the planning I was talking about where, yeah. um, you know, uh, kind of bringing it back to um, the Mayflower series. That's kind of what I spent my time doing was planning. I was like, okay, what do I want to say with this series? Like, what is the message I'm trying to uh, bring across? Number one, I want to make people laugh. Number two, I want to get people, um, I want to keep conversation going because people are already talking. They don't need me for that. I just want to add certain perspectives to those, to that conversation. And then trying to figure out, okay, this is where we are. Here's where we want to go. And these are all, these are all the steps that we want to take in between. So that kind of I love to hear about how with that particular series, they were like, we're going to do four seasons. We're going to say what we want to say. And then we're out. I love it. Cause it's just like, you know, like Game of Thrones. Ah. <laughs> oh, you just stepped on a major. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Oh, that's the thing yeah. it's just like you know like us as artists it's just like mm -hmm. it's like an extra it's extra painful like that knife was like twisting and turning for a very <sighs> long time because you're just like why um you know and like because the ability you know the ability to make that kind of art and even like have that kind of budget isn't everything the, but the it's just like art that they had yes like like the creative team because like till the very mm, for most of it, till the very end, it was beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, like the scenery is beautiful. Like the, the effects they did, like the world they created was beautiful. Um, their actors, I I love amazing. a lot of their actors. Like amazing. Amazing they, actors. They did the best with what they were given. Mm. You know, like. And I think, you know, uh, and to be fair to the producers who, because of the power that they had, probably had, uh, probably carried most of the responsibility for that. Um, they were probably exhausted. You know, I have my my little series that I'm trying to manage and now I'm exhausted. I cannot imagine what it must have been like to lead a multi-national, uh, like cross-continental production. Like that had to be, that had to be insane yeah. um, over several years. Because from what I understand, they were exhausted. They were tired. They wanted to wrap things up and then move on with their lives and take a break and then work on other projects. But I don't think they anticipated how frustrated fans would be um, feeling like they kind of dropped the ball on that last season. Um, and I think part of it is because fans, fans weren't, well, a lot of fans were not only fans of the show, but they were really um, um, heavy fans of the writer, uh, George Martin, oh, yeah. George R.R. R. Martin. Um, he, he created all of this they just put it on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and for the, and for a while it was um, the best that everyone had ever seen and wanted, just were so entertained by, they, they were following George Martin's work. And when they deviated from that because he hasn't yet released the final book, what? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop there because I'm an artist as well and I will not, you know, criticize 
but you know, um, a lot of fans felt like they dropped the ball. So what what do you hope um, what do you hope to accomplish with your series? Um, yeah, what do you hope to accomplish with your series, and where do you hope it takes you? A few things. Uh, first, I really hope it brings people together in the sense of um, talking about things, whether it's in the Black community or in the people of color community um, or just in the larger community, um, just talking about things in a way that seems organic through the show. So I don't want to be preachy. Um, I don't want to be, it's not campy. Um, I really would like to make a show that is authentic to the things that we're talking about, but entertaining while we're talking about those things. Um, I would like to create a platform where, because um, as of yet, I've just been working exclusively with San Diego artists um, and San Diego has such talented people right here, right here in San Diego. Um, and I have gotten to see you know, beautiful work um, from the actors, from editing, from director of photography, from uh, producers, like line producers, uh, from uh, the assistant director, like every single person who has been a part of the production came and brought 150%, if not more. Um, and that is the direction that I would like to continue things to go in, where it's bringing people together behind the camera and in front of it. Um, so it would be, it would be just my dream come true to be able to sell the series, um, so that we can hopefully have access to more resources than we do right now, uh, because we are, again, working with what we have, um, that would, that would be a dream come true. And I, I would really like to see that happen. Um, but that's not going to be the reason that we stop doing what we're doing. We're going to tell our stories. Um, we just hope that we have the support that we need as we do it. And have you always had this um, amount of support um, in San Diego? Have you felt always supported by our community? Yes and no. So um, when I was new, um, I think I hadn't, it took a few years to put roots down because I traveled a lot for my day job. Um, and so I didn't, I wasn't really spending as much time as I would have liked to getting to know people here and getting to meet other artists. Um, and uh, when I intentionally started spending more time and trying to uh, meet other people and um, just kind of talk about the things that I was working on and how I was uh, trying to get there, um, I got immediate support. Um, uh, and I, and it almost sounds weird saying that, but that's the truth. I mean, it wasn't like 60 million people. All you need is that one person, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Kevin Burke actually was uh, the first person that I expressed my vision to. And I just really appreciate the way he just he was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to support support what you're trying to do. And he's kept to his word the whole time. And um, slowly but surely other people started coming on board. And um, and I just really appreciate, um, you know, the culture that we've built together. Mm -hmm. that's wonderful yay i know it's, like it's always a good story right like yes like yeah. oh dear like yes like every yeah. good story i hear i'm just like oh my god yeah. yay we need know, good stories right yeah, now we need good stories we just <laughs> yeah. do like we need good stories it like the world is so heavy mm -hmm. there are so many things going on mm -hmm. that like good stories are just like they're just like necessary. Like, God. you know, everyone needs hope right now. And healing. Oh yes. goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hope and healing and mm -hmm. happy stories. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you found so much support. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and to be fair and to be honest, um, you know, we, I, I met, uh, Kevin working on another production, um, and we just kind of saw each other's work ethic and, you know, I just appreciated, um, his specific skill set and talent. Um, he's very good at what he does. He's a first AD. Um, and, you know, having conversations, um, he was, he was very supportive and uh, introduced me to some other people and they decided that, uh, um, that they would take a chance and work with me, which I appreciate to this day. 
Um, and over time, I've worked with different people. Um, some people have come, some people have gone, depending on their availability. Um, but from my perspective, you know, I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been supported. And um, so, like I said, money is not the only resource. You need money. Let me say that again. You need money. Let me say this again for the seats in the back. You need money. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's not your only resource. Um, so just be, you know, being creative in how you can make your project happen, even when you don't have the financial resources that you need to make a certain vision, you can still get started and get your, you know, get the show on the road. Yes. There is that mindset again. There's that attitude. Mm -hmm. Like It's just like, you know, it's not all just that, like you said, like you need money. <laughs> like that's always going to be a thing, yeah. but it's also, you can always do so much when you think like that. Like yeah. when you think like, when you really do look around and you don't wait for things to appear when you don't mm -hmm. wait for perfect things, because it's never going to be that way. Um, and you know, there's like a lot of us, like, you know, there's a lot of artists out there. It's really tough. Um, and we're here to support each other, but also like, and so like there is competition. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, that's, so I, see it, I, I see it differently though. I see it. I, I agree with everything up until that last bit. Um, yes, there is competition and yes, you know, you have competitors, you have people who are doing something similar, but one of the things that I've learned, one of the most important lessons that I have learned and continue to learn as an artist is your competition needs to be yourself. Compete with yourself in the sense that compare the work you're doing now to the work you did before. Did you improve? Did you grow? Did you get better at anything? Um, and that should be at least for, I, I'm not going to tell anyone what they should do. For me, that's my personal yardstick because I feel like if I start comparing myself to other people, that leaves room for negativity and it's already so hard to get your mind to a place of complete and utter dedication and focus to your craft. Um, and so I think one of the ways um, that you can really make sure you stay in that place is to not compare yourself to other people and what they're doing. And, oh, they, they were able to raise a hundred thousand dollars. They got 500,000. That person got a million and I'm over here with 5,000. Great. How am I going to, you know, like, you can't think like that because if you think that that will, you will defeat your own self before you even get started and you've already lost not only the battle, but the entire war. Um, so something that I, I really learned is just to make sure that I am my own yardstick and just to continue to grow and learn from where I was the last time. That is so, I agree with you completely. And it's so because <laughs> it, it kind of made me reflect like also like, why do I have these beliefs? And it's really mm -hmm. interesting because like, like the first art that I did was dance and like dance, I feel like is basically I've like been told over and over, like you're competing. Like there's only so many mm -hmm. slots, there's only so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because once I actually started getting out of that, like even just like into like live streaming and into YouTube, even before I got into film, everyone was like, yeah. like, it's a new concept to me where everyone's like, you don't need to worry about that. Like you need to worry about yourself and what you're doing and also know like, there is someone for everyone when people yeah. like are interested in your work and stuff, they're interested because of you, like yeah. your take your own spin. Yeah. And it's so for me, like, I mean, I, I don't have anywhere else to go with it, but it is really interesting because like the first association with art and other people to me, like, unfortunately is like, as a dancer, it's like, you're competing. Yeah. Like in a lot of dance things, like you're competing, like even now, a lot of the, things that I've participated in is just like choreography competitions because they never yeah. want to do work like they don't want to do like like oh my god not workshops case workshop <laughs> showcases there okay. you go words words will appear together in the right order <laughs> at some point like they yeah. don't want to do showcases they always want to make it like a competition because yeah. you know like for dance, like right now, like world of dance, are you doing dance? Like those stuffs that like things have dominated, and like though they can bring good things, like it's also just like heightened, yeah, that part of dance, which at least for me, like doesn't I, I don't I don't I don't relate that with film, yeah, like that just hasn't been my experience with film. Uh, I feel like film can be very competitive as well, um, if you allow it to. Um, but as I said, I really go out of my way um, just to not 
because there's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone with more funding, more support, more resources. Um, and I find that I can do my best work when I'm focused, um, when I'm focused on what I'm doing and when I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I think there's already, um, and competition is good. You know, don't get me wrong. I think healthy competition is good because, um, especially when you're operating at certain levels of excellence, you can spur each other on to grow, um, or growth and to do better. Um, I guess I'm, I'm speaking specifically to, um, how, whether it's through social media or through comparing yourself to others, um, especially as artists, it's so easy to bring ourselves down when we compare someone's best day to our every moment. Um, that can really mess, that could really mess with your head. Um, and so I just really just go out of my way to, to avoid doing that. Um, because then I can just focus on my own work. And look where it's got you so far. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so far so good. So for you, what is the, because it's the topic of your conversation, what is the most trying thing for you as an artist? Um, yeah. What is the most trying thing for you as an artist, whether it is like in this quarantine situation or, mm. well, I guess in both, right? Pre-quarantine yeah. and during quarantine. Uh, it's actually the same for both. Uh, and I, I suppose I talked about it a little bit already. Focus. Um, most for a lot of my life, uh, I, I've been a dreamer, um, having these ideas and, um, trying to find a way to get my ideas out, just out into the world. Um, what platform should I use? Um, what is it going to look like? What kind of stories do I want to tell? And there are all of these ideas just swimming around and they occupy my mind all the time. And, the one thing that I found the hardest pre-pandemic and during the pandemic was focus. Um, and I think that when you are an emotional, expressive artist, and then you realize that your best way forward is focus, that can be a little bit difficult <laughs> because you're like, but what makes me so great is I'm not focused. And I think of everything, you know, um, but, you know, as life would have it, I'm an adapted type A person. Um, as, you know, people who knew me when I was a child um, and then meet me now as an adult are like, what? <laughs> you know, just doesn't doesn't quite add up. They're like, you used to be the girl who talked about like cake in the middle of a math class. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's like, oh, you know, having daydreams about uh, how you would have made Cinderella if you worked at, li I'm not joking. Um, I when I was about eight years old, I would daydream about the Disney, the, the Disney animation of Cinderella and um, all the things that I felt like they did well. And like, I wonder what I would have done if I, had, you know, like eight years old. Um, and so it just, you know, that I work in STEM right now confuses some people, <laughs> uh, but it, it's been, it's been really, really great for me because it's kind of helped me learn how to focus my thoughts and my energy and my, um, and whatever gifts that I have toward a specific goal. Um, and practicing that for several years and then getting to the pandemic was not an overly difficult transition because it's like, okay, this is just another situation where there are so many things going on that are so incredibly overwhelming. I just need to sit still. I need to look around at what I have available and just work with what I have and just take one step at a time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's been so important Yeah. since this pandemic started is really taking it one day at a time because yeah. Every day is something new, <laughs> like, you know, and everything got more difficult. Yeah. Um, I was joking uh, with, with some friends and saying how I feel like the year 2020 is a really bad television show and we're only <laughs> on episode six, which is June 2020. And I was like, what's episode seven going to bring? I don't want to know. Don't know. Um, but, you know, um, I hope that things 
that things get better. I mean, it, it won't be like this forever. Yeah, me too. I mean, there, <laughs> there, there, there have been good things coming yes. out from quarantine. Mm -hmm. Like Mother Earth is healing, and yay! And then it gives also people time, literally like time, and to self reflect yeah. on themselves. And then also like with the Black Lives Matter movement, like time to reflect on that yeah. and become a part of something, mm -hmm. which is that uh, I was talking to one of my, one of my old directors, uh, my mentor, and he was, um, he was just talking about like, he's like, it's, it's crazy, but it's kind of like coronavirus kind of set this, like set the oh my gosh, set the tone for everything and like allowed all the young people, you know, like who would have been in college. He's like, you got, he's, he's much older than me. So he likes to call me like, you know, part of the kids and stuff too, even though yeah. I'm one. Um, but he's just like, you know, you were in college and um, when you're in college and you're trying to be an artist, like you're working, you're working on your art, like you're trying to figure out how to live. You're also like invested, like getting a higher education. He's like, there's no time. And he's like, but now there's time for everyone to sit and figure out like what's a priority to them and how like they play a part in their own society. And I'm like, you're right. Like they're right. Like you're totally right. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's such an interesting time because yeah. even though there's, even though there's a pandemic and even though there's so many injustices, it gives us the time mm -hmm. to like, look at ourselves and prioritize. Yeah. And like, yeah. even with you, like, right. Like you get to like, like how wonderful is that to like have the time to work on your art and like really make it like the strongest you can because yeah. there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, something else that I've uh, learned um, because yeah, the pandemic forced all of us to kind of sit and think about ourselves and our lives and like, you know, everything that's going on. Um, it also, I felt like it was a good opportunity to nurture friendships um, you know, because again, finances are not your only resource. Um, I'm learning that my friendships are not the resource that I have. And I don't, I don't ever, I, I definitely want to be the person who calls people frequently. And I, you know, people don't just hear from me when I need something, you know, just calling to check in and how are you doing with um, everything that's going on? How are you dealing with everything? And um, just really putting in the time and the effort to make sure that um, my friends know that they're loved and supported. So I feel like that's a big, big part of it, of getting into that mind space where, you know, you remind yourself that you have a community around you. Um, and part of that is you contributing um, to that community as well. That's true. And like, yeah, cultivating your support system is so like, mm -hmm. it's so important. Yeah. Like, it's so important because, like, you really do, like, need people and you want to yeah. be around people. And, like, yeah. you know, we all know, like, like, everyone is going through this together. Like, this is something, yeah. like, literally everyone on this planet can relate yeah. to yeah. Like, right now. And so, yeah, it's super important that we give that, like, care and love and just, yeah, definitely look at ourselves in our relationships. Yeah. You know, the world has basically, like, it's it's slowed down, slowed mm -hmm. way down. So these are like opportunities. <sighs> yeah. Which agreed. <laughs> is, is it? It's like I don't know if it feels like this for you. I feel like, I feel like March was like last year. This month has been a very long year. Yeah, like. Is it, Oh. So yeah, yeah, it does. It 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 feels like several years have passed since this this whole pandemic. But goodness, um, it's only been it's only been a few months, <laughs> and I feel several years older. But you know, lessons lessons learned, and uh, you know, I, I do like how. It has forced people to look around and see the realities of the world that we live in and how some people's realities are not quite others. And that, um, I guess, thinking about how 
um, the goings on with the now reignited civil rights movement in the United States um, and called to attention about the unfair um, treatment of black people in the United States um, and very specifically uh, um, the systemic problem just generally um, and then more specifically over-policing and violent or brutal policing specifically of black and brown communities. Um, I think it's not, it's not great in the sense that people are dying. Um, and until everyone decides to care and collectively do something about it, it's just a really dark place to exist in. Um, and it's just, it blows my mind how for so many people, you can go your entire life without ever having to even think about that. Um, but I feel like the conditions that the pandemic laid down made everyone pay attention. Um, and I'm grateful that a lot of conversations are happening now. And I'm also seeing a lot of action. I'm also seeing a lot of follow through. And I just hope that it's sustained and that it continues until a lot of, until all, a lot, until all of the systemic problems that we have are resolved. And that's going to take time. So it's not a, it's not a sprint. No, it's not a sprint. And it's definitely like, again, that, sci that, that time for self-reflection has been so important. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been so important just, you know, like to realize like, for myself, like to how I function, like how have I functioned in anti-blackness? How have I functioned mm -hmm. in this systemic racism? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like what am I doing or what have I done? Or it's just like, even though you didn't think that that was like unhelpful because this person seemed okay. So yeah. you're like, okay, so it's okay. Cause they seem okay. But it's just yeah. like realizing like, that's not true. And it also doesn't make it right yeah so like yeah. like uh, that self-reflection reflection and being admitted admit that being able to admit things to yourself like there's so many people like when I just like catch up with my friends like that's what a lot of people have been saying like and mm -hmm. it like makes you happy because you're like we do feel like we're all in this like that we're all actually trying you know yeah. like admitting that they were wrong mm -hmm. like it's so hard for people and it, it seems to be uh it seems to be yeah and i think this is um you said this to me when we were talking before um a couple weeks ago when we were talking when you were like yeah i can't remember what i said but then you said it and then like my brain was like that's perfect and so i really wish i could like <laughs> perfect wording but it was it was basically like you know a lot of people are concerned with being called racist versus whether or not they're actually doing oh, I remember exactly what I said yeah yeah and I yeah. was just like yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah so I'll say it again uh, I'll say it again um there has been a culture of where people are more concerned with being called racist than they are concerned about whether or not they did a racist thing in other words they're more concerned about other people versus being aware of whether or not they've hurt another human being in a way that is not dignifying, like in a way that takes away from that other person's dignity. Um, and I think that that's one of our biggest problems is people are like, oh, I, just, I need to prove to everyone that I'm not racist and we can't be so focused. I shouldn't say we, because um, you can't be so focused on how you appear to other people and so worried about people's perception of you and maintaining your status as a good person that you're not doing the work that is required to just be a good person. Um, yeah. Because then your, your concern is hollow. Your concern is only where you are personally affected. Your concern is empty because it is not considerate of a fellow human being in that situation. Sorry, I'm going to stop you for a second only because you started cutting sure. out again. 
Can you go from okay. um, personally affected? Yeah, it, um, because then that makes it come across as though your concern is only up until where you as a person are personally affected by other people's perception of you, then concern that hurt person taken away from their dignity instead of either added to it or respected or honored it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to make ask you to repeat that one more time. Um, from when no loose meowed because for some reason that cut through more than you and then it wow uh my then Toulouse is meow and then like, he is. it was like meow and then like it got kind of scattered. yeah um I was saying that um I was saying that um people cannot be more concerned only up until where other people's perception affects them um, and the concern for other people's well-being and whether or not they have imposed on that or infringed on that and taken away from that dignity um, is really important. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, and it's so easy, like, especially like with companies, it's so yeah. In organizations it's so easy to spot out that hollowness that you're talking about mm -hmm. when you're just like that's and it's so odd because it's just like we it's so clear when yeah. what you're saying is hollow especially like you know there's just like a lot of very general statements just being like we stand with the black with the black community and then like that's basically it it doesn't really say anything and it's just like mm -hmm. Like, come on, like, there have been, like, great examples. Like, Ben and Jerry's has been a great example of, like, to actually be an allyship and, like, put action, like, put actions. Like, listing yeah. what they're going to do, listing what yeah. they want, they're hoping their community and everyone to do. It's just very clear. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so clear. And it's not, I don't think that is difficult to do. But you know what? Then Jerry's probably also has a lot of voices that they're listening to because one of the issues um, or one of the, one of the most important things is to have a table that has a seat for different voices because then you don't only get one perspective. If you only have one perspective at your table, then you will have so many blind spots. And my guess is that Ben and Jerry's probably or likely has a lot of different voices that they're listening to and are spending less time being defensive and spending more time learning, listening, and acting. Um, because as I'm sure many people have heard, it's not enough to not be racist. You need to actively be anti-racist. And part of that is acknowledging whatever role it is that you have had to play to uphold the status quo and then learning so that you can understand how not to repeat that, but then also learning so that you can understand where people who may not look like you are coming from learning so that you can now act in an informed manner and compassionate manner towards other people uh, in your community, because we are all one community. Um, there are micro communities. Sure. But we are all part of a larger community and, so my guess is that for a, for some time now, Ben and Jerry's has been listening and learning and trying to grow versus other situations where, you know, people put up a, a black screen on their Instagram post and BLM and we stand with the black community, but there are no action points on how you're going to move forward and change the things that you did that were probably hurtful to some of the people who were probably your patrons. So um, I really do hope to see, and here's another thing. Um, there's room for mistakes in the sense that you're not gonna do things. I mean, if you have had a specific mindset for a really long time, you're not going to immediately stop and be perfect in not being that way anymore. There's gonna be trial, hopefully, <laughs> a lot of trial 
Uh, and there'll be some times where you fall short. We all do in some way or another. And what's important is that you keep trying and you keep learning and you keep trying to grow. Um, in the United States, it's so easy for um, white people to go their entire lives without having friendships with people of color. And then even more specifically with black people. And when you're in the minority, whether you're a black person uh, or any other minority, it's difficult to go your entire life without making at least a friend who's white. And I think that that's one of the things that needs to change because as we continue to live next to each other, we start to see each other as people and not them. We start to see each other and not us and them, like, oh, we do this and you do that. You know what I mean? That we start to, we, we start to recognize the humanity in each other. Um, and I, I'm not trying to create a, a false narrative of kumbaya and, oh, once we get to know each other, we will all love each other and we will all work. I'm not trying to create a false narrative. All I'm trying to say is that we have to start understanding how being involved and know in each other's lives and making intentional friendships only adds to your, to the richness of your own life. So. It's true. Like, especially what you're saying about like, cause that is, that's humanize is such a big thing mm -hmm. just because like, that's not happening now. Yeah. And like for people like, you know, it really isn't enough just to be like, no, this is wrong. Like you need to do this. It's like, people really do need that experience. They need to yeah. make those connections because yeah. that's what it takes for most of us. Yeah. Like we actually have to go through it. Like we actually have to like know more people who are outside our little bubble to understand that there are other viewpoints, that there's a whole other world. And though like that can be frustrating sometimes it's like, why, why can't you understand? It's just like, it, like that is very frustrating but you can't just keep yelling it yeah it's just like you gotta like you know like welcome people in you know and just like invite them to different things like have them part of that point of, like be like like give them a chance yeah like and that's just how it has to be sometimes yeah and also allow for people's humanity right um i think so many black people are really tired exhausted and yes appreciate that the world is waking up to the bleak reality of again just being black in the united states but also like needing to deal with like our own mental health and the trauma of the message of seeing someone who looks like you die on a daily basis because somebody believes that they are better or that they can do something like that without consequence um, and wondering when it's going to be your dad or your brother or your uncle or your cousin um, or your aunt or your sister. There's a self-care that we need to, to constantly, because this isn't over, this is ongoing. Um, a few men were found hanged here in California um, not too long ago, and it was ruled a suicide. I will leave it at that for now. Um, but I won't speak for an entire community of people. I will speak only for myself. There are times I just, I just need to rest. I just need to rest and I need to unplug and just do things that make me happy so that I can maintain my joy so that I do not allow things like that to steal my innate happiness and joy, the privilege of being able to pursue my art, the privilege of being able um, to pursue my professional pursuits, <laughs> pursue my professional pursuits, excuse me. But, um, but I think you, you understand what I'm saying. It's like, um, part of that is an attempt to rob people of their, their joy and their happiness. And I don't want to allow those things to steal my joy. I'm a person and I will, um, I'm a human being and things like that will affect me. So I need to sometimes withdraw and I need to deal with them 
in a, in a way that is healthy to maintain my mental clarity. And so I can't accept every invitation. I can't go to everything that's available because sometimes it's that I need um, a mental health care day where I'm just focused on joy and um, happiness and pursuit of the things that will continue to foster that environment. And then there are other times where I need to actually do the work that's going to take me to where I'm trying to go. Um, so I, I say all this just to say just allowances as well and understanding of when that invitation may be extended and a, a person can't accept, you know, um, because sometimes people's mental health struggles can seem invisible and you'll have no idea until all of a sudden you hear that something happened with someone and you're like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I just, um, there've been a couple of times in my own life where I was like, Oh, that person's like, I keep trying and I keep like inviting you places and you don't, you know, you don't want to come. And it just turns out that person really needed to take care of themselves. So I just wanted to kind of share that as well. Yeah. And that's such a, an important thing to, to share and to realize that sometimes people need time to heal and you should not take someone not accepting your invitation personally. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not always about you. A lot of the time it's about like that person needs something like they need, yeah. they need their healing time, yeah. you know, or they not, they really don't need to be around a lot of people especially like if they are struggling and then you're with a lot of people and you have to mask what you're feeling. Yeah. Like that's even more energy. Like that's completely opposite of what like they need. And I'm glad you have that for yourself. Cause like, honestly, like that's still, you know, like mental health is such a huge struggle. It is. Um, And it's such like a, like a new concept and it's like a new trend. Like, but like it's something that has existed forever and mental illness has existed forever and so like I think that's just great like and I'm I'm so glad that you made that point because mental Mm -hmm. health is super important I love talking about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like honestly the more people say it like the better like the more people say like it's okay to do that for yourself Mm -hmm. especially because like you have a series like you're Mm -hmm. accomplished like you know we just talked about all the different things that you're doing but like for you to highlight hey like you need some time for yourself like and that's okay like that's such a big thing you know, like people will be like, oh, like if FSC can like take that time, like, you know, if she's taking the time for care for herself, if she's saying no to things, then maybe I can say no to things. Yeah. Because, you know, like people look up to you. They're just like, I want to be a filmmaker too. Or like, you know, it's really easy to look at someone and be like, they have it all put together. Yeah. Because they're yeah. finding success. Yeah. Um, and so like for you to say that, I think that's great. I think that's going to affect so many people. It already makes me yeah, happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, because it's just like, like for for me, like I love hearing that thing. I love hearing people say that that they need to take time for themselves because it's like I do also need that validation of that, even yeah. though that is something that I I do believe it. I do believe it, but it's also it's like I also deal with mental illness, so okay. there's also a part of my head that's like, no, yeah, you know, no, mm-hmm. and so like the more people like who are who say like rest is good and this, especially cause you know, like we're part of film, like mm-hmm. we have to deal with social media, like that's hustle culture. Yeah. Um, and I think hustle culture can be problematic, um, especially when taken out of a specific context. Cause um, you know, one of my personal heroes is Gary Vee. And um, I feel like he does a really good job about teaching people ways to move forward um, in what they're trying to do. And he, definitely talks about making sure that you are giving everything that you can and being disciplined about your time and all that. But he also points out that you need personal time, you know, to make all of it worth it. Because what good is it if you have all all the success in the world and no one to share it with? Um, Or what good is it if you have all the success in the world and you can't enjoy it because you've neglected just because in the same way you have to take care of your, your physical body, not for the sake of achieving a physical ideal, but so that you can have longevity in life, you need to take care of your mental space and protect your peace. Um, and so I really do hope that 
one day we transition from this whole like um because I think that there are pros and cons, but I feel like sometimes the cons can really get people down. Um, and then there then comes in the comparing yourself, you know, to other people. And I hope that, you know, I I genuinely hope that nobody ever looks at me and compares themselves in a way that makes them feel bad about, about themselves because, um, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time, a lot of time, um, trying to build, you know, what I have. And I, I have really big dreams and I have a much, much, much further way to go um, and things that I would like to do. Um, but what I hope, I hope that what I'm able to communicate, whether it's just by talking with people or spending time with people or when people see the work that I've done, is that it's accessible to them as well. It's not an exclusive club. You know, I'm um, I'm generally just open to listening to other people, listening to different perspectives and trying to adapt what I feel like works for whatever it is that I'm working on, but also creating boundaries, um, to protect that peace. Um, and I think that sometimes that can be the hardest thing to do is create those boundaries for yourself, um, to protect your peace. So <laughs> without running on, you know, I'll stop there. No, I love it. That was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I know, that was so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Oh, that was wonderful to hear. Um, oh, we're almost at our hour. That passed away right. really quickly. <laughs> I know. Um, so what, what do I want to end asking you? <laughs> um, I don't know. We covered so many different things. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just go with this. And this can be like a review of things you said, or it can just be new sure. things that you're going to throw out. Sure. Um, and that's totally fine. Like, what is um, one to three of your one to three pieces of advice that you want to give to artists who are struggling right now? My brother in law loves to say reassess and reevaluate. Uh, <laughs> Um, take a step back, look around at what you have and start where you are. Number one, that's number one. Number two, do not compare someone's best day to your everyday struggle. Don't do it. You will lose before you even get started. Um, number three, know that you are worthy. Know that what you have to say is important. What you have to say needs to be heard. And whether or not it's heard by three people or three million people, it's worthy of being expressed. And what you have to contribute is important. So those are the three things that I'd like to say to the artists. Ah! <laughs> ah, so good. Oh my God. Okay. Where can people find you if they would love to know more about you and your projects where can people find well, you well thank you <laughs> i'm not that hard to find um, <laughs> um on instagram i am e p l l e s e e d Appleseed. uh that's my uh instagram and the series mayflower the series at mayflower the series is on instagram as well on facebook it's um the mayflower series uh for our page um, and, um, we have our website, www.mayflower.com. So please follow us, um, on all of those, um, forms on YouTube, Episila Tembit. Just look me up on YouTube. I'm there as well. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you. I hope I get to interact with you. If you go on our website, please sign up for our newsletter. We would love to hear from you and we would love to send you updates about, what's going on um, and where we are as far as uh, releasing materials to talk about our projects. Yay. So thank you so much for coming on a talk with me. Oh, you're it was welcome. so wonderful to get I'm to so know hard. such a loving, compassionate, compassionate, intellectual, and like shriven person. Like it's thank been you. great. It's like, been amazing it's been... speaking with you too. Thank you. This is like... such a wonderful platform and, um, I feel like, um, I really do hope also, cause I mean, 
Um, you're such a cool, easy to talk to, lovely person. And so I hope that um, in the same way that you were hoping that more people talk about uh, mental health and normalize that, I hope that people see that you can be a cool, lovely human being <laughs> and still struggle with some of those things and still be accomplished and still be badass. So thank you for the conversation as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. This has been so much fun. I am so thankful for Epicy and her words. Please remember to check her out and also check out her series, The Mayflower. You can find the links to her social media and the series in the description box below. That was really hard for me to say. <laughs> to all my fellow artists and just really fellow people, please take care of yourself and each other. We are all struggling, and so I am especially thankful for you to be listening to this, and I hope this episode gave you something you needed today, whether it's hope, validation, or just a different perspective. <laughs>